Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. another episode of the blitz podcast i'm steve gallo joined by co-host and partner in crime harley schultz harley this is a week of christmas so no grinching allowed how's it going my man well you know if uh if we're going to talk about christmas we of course have to talk about santa claus and let's put it this way after uh being shortened on work for the last nine months i'm starting to look like santa claus i've got the uh the snow white beard and the belly that shakes when I laugh. I'm about to go on a post Christmas diet too. Also. So I'm kind of right there with you. And I definitely have the beard having not shaved since March. Well, I I can tell our listeners uh, that can't see either of us on camera. His white is starting to come in like mine. Yep. We actually dyed it this past summer just for the heck of it to see how it would look. So the fact that you're seeing white, that's got some, of that brown that's still just fading away says a lot right there. Well, no, I've had this conversation with my wife, and this is an important conversation, is that you're fortunate being dark-haired in general so that when you get whitening in your beard, you can go out and there's actually – you can find kits at your local drugstore or uh, or Five and Dime or Target or wherever you go to shop that dyes your beard brown or you can dye your hair brown. Yeah. They don't have any hair color for men with red hair. No? So I'm kind of hosed. I didn't know that. No, they don't. So believe it or not, though, my beard has quite a bit of red in it. Okay. Or or I should say it used to have quite a bit of red in it back in the day. Um, Yeah, combination of red, brown, and grays now, mostly grays. But hey, enough of that. Um, Enough talking about us old guys and Tom Brady. Um, (laughs) uh, That's right. No grinching. No grinching allowed. So... This is week 16, right? Championship yes. championship week for most people. And if you've gotten this far because of us, good. If you've gotten this far without us, good. Don't expect us to help you win it this week. It's on you. Um, we're going to instead have a couple of segments. One will be our DFS segment, like always. And then our other segment's going to be a – Harley's going to be um, leading in some Christmas cheer, giving gifts to each of the NFL teams and I'll chime in somewhere along the way and try not to be too, too much of a Grinch. How's that? Sounds like a good plan. So the point is, it's fun. Have fun. Win it on your own. Hit us up on Twitter, of course, if you need some extra help. But that's the plan for this week. But none of that happens. None of that happens until and after I send it over to Harley for this week's Blitzed Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. The New England Patriots have officially been eliminated from playoff contention in the AFC following Sunday's loss to the Dolphins, ending a string of 11 straight playoff appearances for the team from New England. In related news, Bill Belichick is currently lobbying the league to allow his team to make the playoffs as the representative of the NFC East. (laughs) NFL Hall of Famer Kevin Green passed away today at the age of 58. 
as if 2020 didn't suck quite enough, now the guys that I idolized as a kid are starting to die. Plus, this means that I can no longer go into any bars across the border in Green Bay and get free cocktails by pretending to be Kevin Green. <laughs> as a going-away Christmas gift to all of the Jets fans, Adam Gase coached his team to victory on Sunday. This victory slides the Jets behind Jacksonville for the number one overall pick in next year's draft. So what Adam Gase is doing is he is truly giving the gift that keeps on giving well into 2021 and the long-standing future. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles have designated Deshaun Jackson eligible to return from the IR. Wait, when did week one suddenly happen? <laughs> and finally, just like the last two weeks, Christian McCaffrey is expected to return this week. Just in time for the championship round of your fantasy playoffs that you still haven't qualified for. <laughs> this has been your BPN News Update. You know, that one just does not get old. So, listen. It had to be coming. You, you knew that it had to be coming. Yes, um, that's why I avoided saying anything about McCaffrey, honestly, in, in the, the open. So 11 straight years for the Patriots, that feels short. I mean, it feels like 75 years, and I'm only 53. Yeah, I believe it was 2008, uh, probably the – was that the Matt Castle season? Yes, it, uh, yes, it was. Yep. But it does, feel, it does feel like it's been about 25 years, quite honestly. Well, and so I, I'm involved in a long-standing league from one of my former employers. League's been around for 30 years. I've been in it for well over, probably about 24 or 25 now. So I remember that particular season. One of the more outspoken members of the league, he's also one of the co-commissioners, uh, he drafted Tom Brady in the first round that year. I already know where you're going. <laughs> and we were all gathered for food at the at that time a, a still fairly new or at least maybe in it's like middle of its first or one and a half decades old mall of america here in minnesota to watch the game and of course we're all gathered around the table when brady gets knocked out in the first quarter of the game uh thus ending his season and basically ending that coach's season too <laughs> i thought you were going to say he was going to ask for a do-over I, I wish he probably would have. Uh, of course, uh, we can't be too mad because uh, this owner does have uh, four titles since then. So oh, there you go. So he's and, been very active. And the guy that did that to Brady was a. It was with the. It was the Chiefs, and it was a safety. His name is escaping me right now, but I know he was a thumper, and he was a strong IDP player for a while too. Do you remember his name? I do not. Again, I, I barely remember the game, yeah. but only so because we were all there watching it in attendance at, at the bar. My IDP fo followers and fans are going to be mad at me for not being a Bernard something, right? Was that his name? It, God, I got to do it. Sorry. <laughs> fill the That's air. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, fill fill so, the air. Well, well what, our, what our listeners can look forward to today as, as we're talking about, is we're going to bring up some Christmas gifts and so we're, we're basically right now, Steve is looking for a little holiday chestnut from the past to share with all of Got you. Got it. Bernard Pollard. See, I had part of it, right? I, you know, I loosely remember Bernard Pollard. Yeah. Uh, Pollard is such a, a name that there's been so many Pollards in football. And again, if you're not an IDP follower, you probably don't remember him in particular. Uh, you've got other Pollards to think about. Uh, 
Troy, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the other thing, really sad news about Kevin Green. Quite honestly, I wonder how many people realize he's third in NFL history in sacks. It's it's amazing how incredible of a career he had. Um, and that, then to get the chance to go on to be a coach, too, and uh, yep. his career as a coach. I mean, again, Hall of Fame credentials on both ends of the field. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what a talent. And uh, I mean, some people might not know, too. He even made a couple appearances for the then uh, WCW uh, prior to the merger with the WWF uh, for wrestling. Yeah, you're showing your age, calling it the WWF, too. Um, well, uh, back then it was the WWF. That was before they that is true. became the that WWE. So um, the other thing I was going to say is that he was a late bloomer, too. The majority of his sacks came after he turned 30 years old. Exactly. I think it's the same for me. Yeah. I mean, the majority of my sacks are going to probably have to come after my 40s. Yep. Yeah, I would agree. Um, same <laughs> here, right? But again, I mean, I, I really, when, when I was playing back in high school days, uh, I modeled my game after Kevin Green's. I modeled my hairstyle after Kevin Green's. I just tried to take that sort of influence into the field when I'd go out there. And I know it's hard to call a Hall of Famer and one that's third all-time in NFL history in sacks underrated, but I honestly think he's an underrated player. Well, and again, we can talk about the fact that it's, it seems like uh, he hasn't been out of football quite that long. Yeah. But when you think about it, think about how far the Carolina Panthers defense has fallen since it was there. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. Okay. Um, he probably died watching the last couple of years of their team uh, give, giving up rushing yardage right and left. Oh, God. That, you know what? That's time, that's time to move on now. Let's move on to our gift-giving segment. Harley, I'm going to let you take over, and let's start handing out some gifts. But let's start right in that AFC East, where the Buffalo Bills— um, have won their t- the division title for the first time, I think, in about 25 years, since I think 95. Um, what are you giving them for Christmas? Well, I've got two things for them. I'd love to see them get a solid cornerback two to put opposite Tredavious White next season. But for the time being, and from a fantasy standpoint, the most important thing they can find is a map of the end zone for Zach Moss and Devin Singletary to share because neither one of them can seem to make their way past the stripe. There you go. And how about those Miami Dolphins um, who are the team that knocked New England from playoff contention and guaranteed they will not have a winning season this year? Well, I'm going to be so happy if Tua 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 Tagovailoa unwraps about six healthy wide receivers under his Christmas tree this year. Uh, Melly Kaliki Maka to Mr. Tua. Uh, you might be talking about the Eagles there, too. I don't know. We'll wait and see what happens in the <laughs> NFC East. Um, how about those New England Patriots? What are you going to give them? I'm going to give them a lucky sixth-round quarterback pick. Do they deserve that? Well, I don't know if they deserve that. Uh, if we're talking about what Patriots deserve, it's probably two lumps of coal under their stocking. Yeah, I think that they could go with another year you know, the way they've, they had, let them feel what it's like to be, you know, the Bengals and the Browns and, and the Jaguars and the NFC East, you know, stuff like that. Um, how about those Pittsburgh Steelers though, that were 11? Oh, what about the Jets? Oh, the Jet, the Jets. I think we, all, I think we all know what the Jets are going to get for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> A nice 
a nice kiss goodbye from Adam Gaze. That's the <laughs> and con- a pink slip in his in his. And that's the slip. consolation prize from with not getting Trevor Lawrence. But I still think yes. that they're happy with that. I think that most of them would be happy with that. Now it sounds funny, like I passed the Jets on purpose for the for that bit. <laughs> I didn't. I completely looked past them. Uh, well, and realistically though, now say, say you're the Jets fans. Yeah. And you you get you aren't going to get Trevor Lawrence now unless Jacksonville manages to pull out a victory in the next two games. But if you're the Jets fans and you believe that Adam Gase is in fact the real problem and not Sam Darnold, do you want them to take a second quarterback at position two there, or do you want to see them maybe trade down a couple picks and take an offensive lineman to help? So. Uh, Darnold upright. So for what it's worth, I actually think it's a blessing in disguise that they won so that they don't move on from Darnold. And you know they're going to move on from Gase. And you know what? You've got Darnold. You've got Mims. They've got some pieces to that offense. So, yeah, I think it's a blessing in disguise that will, one, allow them to take the best offensive lineman in the draft if they want it to, or trade down and get more assets um, like many of the teams that have turned themselves around quickly have done. And that is really what they need, some more assets, uh, particularly on the defensive side of the ball and on the offensive line. Again, like you said, they're, they're offensive skill position players, with the obvious exception of the aging Frank Gore. Uh, they, they don't have a ton of need there. And what we found in the last couple drafts is that you don't have to take a running back in the no, first round. <laughs> cough, cough, Giants. Uh, you can take yeah. a running back in the third or fourth round, develop them. And, and I think before uh, he got hurt, uh, LaMichael P. Ryan actually was starting to look pretty decent. Uh, they've got the Lions cast off. Tyron Johnson had the big touchdown last week. They've got some possibilities there. Uh, but again, I mean, obviously the wide receiver core very well set with Crowder and Mims and Perriman. Uh, I like Darnold. I think Darnold's going to be a successful quarterback next season wherever he's playing. Uh, it'd just be nice if uh, he can pay off for them a little bit before they waste another high pick on a quarterback. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think that I think it's a blessing in disguise, as I said. So, um, yeah, so of course we're recording during the Monday night football game, um, Steelers and Bengals, and that sound that anybody may have possibly heard was me trying to open my app back up so I can watch the game while I record. And, of course, it was supposed to be on mute, and it wasn't. So we'll move on. Um, Pittsburgh. Well, how about those Pittsburgh? You, how about you those? Want Pittsburgh? To start Let's start with them. 11-0, um, and 0, now 11-2. and 2. Are they getting a win for Christmas? Is that what you're giving them? What are you giving them? No, I think they're going to get a couple bottles of stickum for Deontay Johnson's gloves. Fair enough. What about the Cleveland Browns? Cleveland is going to get a more of a an inspirational gift. Okay. They're getting the gift of maturity for Odell Beckham. For Odell Beckham, not just overall maturity, because I think that there's going to be. I believe that they're going to make the playoffs. It'd be a travesty for them to not. They'd have to fall apart in the last couple of weeks here. I what I thought you meant was maturity, as in getting some playoff experience, and then we could possibly see them make some moves next year and beyond. So, well, yeah. I think they also got the the best gift of the year uh, this past off season. So they got their Christmas gift a little early in the. Uh, in the realm of Kevin Stefanski. Very true. Very true. Um, I think that the Cleveland gift that they get this year, honestly, they knock Pittsburgh off in the final season to win the division. How's that? I would love that. All right. Baltimore. What are we giving Baltimore? We're giving Baltimore a bottle of Pepto-Bismol for Lamar Jackson. Okay. And the Bengals. How about the Cincinnati Bengals? 
the one thing that Cincinnati really, really needs is a healthy returning Joe Burrow for week one. Uh, Joe Burrow was looking like a, a versioning star earlier this season. Obviously, he gets hurt, and the team has gone into a complete shamble since then. Fortunately, because of the fact they've been losing, they're going to get a decent draft pick to put somebody on the offensive line to help block there. But it's all key for them. The key for them is returning Joe Burrow week one, not having a missed part of the season due to his major injury. I would agree with that. And yes, the second part, they absolutely need to do something on that offensive line because the sacks were a coming down in Cincinnati this year. Um, what about those Tennessee Titans? Well, they, they're going to hire an emotional consultant to work with Derrick Henry. And basically <laughs> all this consultant is going to do is trick Derrick Henry, probably through some sort of hypnosis, so that he thinks that September 1st is actually Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> okay, I got you. The man runs angry. Um, what about the Colts? I think I know what I would give them if I was handing out these gifts, but what are you going to give the Colts? The Colts, uh, I'm, I'm going to give them the gift of a trade for Carson Wentz. And I'll tell you what, you can do that. You're going to put Carson Wentz under the tree. I'm going to put Zach Ertz in the stocking along with, with Carson Wentz under the tree for the Colts. Oh, but what if they accidentally open the Zach Ertz present first? Won't they kind of like know then that the other gift is going to be Carson Wentz? No, because then you can say, well, you know, Philip liked Antonio Gates. We wanted to get you a tight end. And then they get to the big gift and like, oh, wow, a quarterback that can move. Well, and then again, if they open the Carson Wentz one first, they'll just stick a big sticker on that says batteries not included. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> How about those Houston Texans? Um, a PED test for Will Fuller prior to the season. Okay. Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, their gift is pretty simple. We're going to give them two more losses to lock up Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Um, those Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning world champions, do they deserve a gift? Well, of course they do. Uh, they're also going to hire an inspirational coach, uh, someone to go in there and introduce Patrick Mahomes to the wonder that is Kansas City barbecue sauce. And whenever he tries to reach for the ketchup bottle, he'll give him a little slap on the wrist, nothing too hard because they don't want to hurt him, but just enough to kind of wane Mahomes off the ketchup. Maybe he should hang out with Odell for those maturity classes because ketchup, let's, let's admit, doing ketchup on steak and stuff like that, that's kind of childish. <laughs> Kind of childish, yeah. makes your skin crawl. I know, I said it. And it's kind of sacrilegious in Kansas City, it's too. It's sacrilegious anywhere. Don't let, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Um, okay, what about those Vegas Raiders? Uh, they're going to, uh, basically, it's kind of like a Pinocchio story. They're just dreaming that they're going to wake up Christmas morning and that Nelson Aguilar is going to be a real boy. <laughs> okay. <coughs> you got me there. <coughs> How about the Denver Broncos? I know what I would give them, but go ahead. What would you give the Denver Broncos? I'm, I'm going to give the Denver Broncos a return to health for Cortland Sutton come day one because that wide receiver core is going to be pretty damn impressive next year if Drew Locke can find the targets. I would think about giving their head coach the ability to come out of the 70s and 80s and embrace analytics. Um, That's true. <laughs> how about the L.A. Chargers. Look at that. I got it right. I don't think I said San Diego once this year until just now. Well, the L.A. Chargers are going to get two presents this year. Okay. I know one. A replacement for Hunter Henry and a replacement for Anthony Lynn. <laughs> I think they'll take the Lynn and be happy. Exactly. All right. How about the Washington football team? Now, this one, I think, 
that, look, this is a softball. I set it up on a tee for you. There's no way I don't know what you're giving them, but I'm going to see. Well, obviously the answer would be a, a real football team name. There you go. But <laughs> I'm going to say, for in all seriousness, for the Washington football team, I would love to see them get to unwrap a beautiful, shiny new wide receiver two opposite Terry McLaurin. I think I'd rather see him get a quarterback, but that's okay. Um, how about the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, their Christmas wish list involves one thing, and that's Dak Prescott's agent accepting less money. Yeah, I think that da- I think Dallas should get cold because Jerry's just Jerry, and Dak should say <laughs> and go somewhere else. Um, maybe New York. There you go. They don't have to draft Trevor Lawrence. Um, that'd be interesting, actually. New coach. Trevor Lawrence, send Darnold somewhere, get something for him if you can. Denzel Mims, maybe it would work. I don't know. How about the New York Giants? Well, New York Giants obviously need one thing in particular, and they they need to get Saquon Barkley back healthy. Not a GM that understands analytics? Well, that's a given. I wasn't going to go with that softball of an answer. Okay. (laughs) The Philadelphia Eagles, will they be shopping for their gift the same place that another team was shopping? Uh, yeah, actually, they are going to be wheeling and dealing one Mr. Carson Wentz in his overpriced contract. Okay, so that's part of it, but no wide receivers for them? I mean... Uh, I think they're going to end up looking in the bargain basement for wide receivers, particularly if they can't trade Wentz's contract. Again, again. How about the Green Bay Packers? Well, for the Green Bay Packers, we're going to give them a time machine so they can go back prior to the 2020 draft and uh, redo their first two rounds. <laughs> Okay. Um, Chicago Bears. Uh, Chicago, uh, we decided to, instead of giving the entire city of Chicago a gift, we're going to give Chicago's best player a gift, and that being Allen Robinson, uh, him being allowed to go to a team with a decent quarterback. That's the gift. Look, I have no problem accepting that gift whatsoever. Um, But if I were to give Chicago a Christmas gift, I would give them New York-style pizza so that they have real pizza. Um, oh, shots fired there. Yes, sir. Let's go to <laughs> Minnesota. Hopefully we don't have any Giordano's or Gino's East listeners uh, to call in and complain. <laughs> there you go. I'm sure we do. How about Minnesota? Well, Minnesota, obviously, uh, they there's a lot of things I wish they would go out and get this year, but the most important thing for them is to get back their – five big-time Pro Bowl-level starters on defense. Eric Kendricks, Michael Pierce, Daniel Hunter, Anthony Barr, and Mike Hughes all have missed pretty much the entire season, uh, with the exception of Kendricks just missing the last couple weeks. But getting back those five guys suddenly turns this from one of the worst defenses in football into one of the most formidable defenses in football. So what was one of the worst things about the Minnesota Vikings defense this year was their cornerback play, right? You know you, yes. you know how you fix that instantly? You add Daniel Hunter to the defensive line and get pressure on a quarterback. Yeah. Well, and Anthony Barr, too. Yes, because he rushes, too. But, yes, that's what happens. You've got, like, getting pre- – whenever, like, I was on Tampa radio forever, it seems like, um, on Fridays before, and it always seemed like their secondary was just in trouble and bad. And we always talked about, look, without a good pass rush, it's hard to have a good secondary. And without a good secondary, it's hard to have a good pass rush. They work hand-in-hand. Hand. So, yes, Minnesota, I think, will – heed well with your um, gifts if you can give them to them. Well, and I think uh, at least for this season, too, uh, we, we've kind of 
facade their defense all season because of all the turnover there and all the injuries. But uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, rookie third-round cornerback uh, Cameron Dantzler has actually been one of the top coverage cornerbacks in football. So he's getting better. I know the uh, rookie first-rounder Jeff Gladney is starting to get better. So these guys are starting to grow, and they've got a great cornerbacks coach in Mike Zimmer, a guy who has been known to turn – everyday defensive backs into strong starting quarterback cornerbacks in the NFL. So they've got that, that place there in place already to help them out. Yep. What about the Detroit kitties? I mean, lions. <laughs> well, it, it'll be nice to see them getting a new management structure, obviously, but I think the gift that is most important to the future of the Detroit lions is a brand new hip for Kenny Galladay. Can't disagree with that. Not at all. The New Orleans Saints. How about the Saints? <laughs> uh, I think the New Orleans Saints are going to need to schedule a couples retreat for Taysom Hill, Elvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas. <laughs> I know there's three of them, so it'll be like a threesome at the couples retreat. Well, you know if Taysom Hill's going to be there, Sean Payton's going to be there. So, Oh, four of them in one room? That's going to be a little tight. There you go. Um, what about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Uh, well, it is Florida, so... I've got the ghost of Ponce de Leon showing Tom Brady where the fountain of youth is. So does Tom need it more than Antonio Brown? That's the question. Or will Tom share? How about a day uh, this weekend? Antonio Brown and Des Bryant both scoring touchdowns. And Larry Fitzgerald. And Larry Fitzgerald, yes. (laughs) The year is 2007. Okay. Um, The Atlanta Falcons. Um, The Atlanta Falcons... Uh, need to, uh, for Christmas, we're going to give them a new change to NFL rules that says that the game is over at halftime. At worst, three quarters, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Carolina Panthers, can we give them a healthy Christian McCaffrey or are you giving him something else? I'm going to give them a quarterback that can throw for more than one touchdown in a game. Should have saw that coming from a mile away. <laughs> Anti-Teddy there. Okay. Um, can't say I disagree with you, though. The Seattle Seahawks, what kind of cookware are we giving Russ? Well, I'm giving him a third piece of cookware for his uh, passing offense there. Okay, like (laughs) they need more passing options. Um, From a fantasy standpoint, anyway. What about the L.A. Rams, the Los Angeles Rams? I'm going to give them a salary cap increase so that they can (laughs) resign all those those expensive defensive guys. Okay. But if, if Santa says you can only keep one of them, who are you keeping? Oh, it's got to be Darnold, right? Uh, Darnold. Darnold, uh, yes. <laughs> Darnold, thank you. It we, does. we had Darnold on our brain from earlier today. <laughs> it does have to be Aaron Donald. And the Arizona Cardinals. Well, I think Arizona's got a lot in place right now. I think they've got a lot of things going for them. So I'm going to give them a, a gift that they might have to wait a couple of years to receive. And that's a first ballot Hall of Fame vote, uh, unanimous vote for Larry Fitzgerald. So tough to do with the wide receiver position, but absolutely worthy. I met Fitz earlier in his career. Um, by the age of 30, his stats are greater than that of Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, of course, has stats that are post-30 years old to retirement that just are better than some guys' careers altogether. So, um, well, I, 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 I kind of resemble your remark there. I actually got a chance to meet uh, Fitzgerald when he was still a child. Uh, he was a ball boy there here in the Twin Cities for the Vikings uh, during the time of Randy Moss. So he certainly 
got a chance to learn under the best there. But he also played locally for a couple of high schools uh, during the time when I actually worked in high school football. So I got a chance to see him on the field. I've gotten a chance to follow his career throughout the NFL. And if there's any wide receiver uh, currently in football deserving of a first ballot nomination and unanimous vote, it's definitely him. Okay. That leaves us with one team. We didn't talk about this. I'm going to give the gift. I'm not going to let you do it. It's the San Francisco 49ers. We are going to give them, are you ready? Yes. A home stadium they can play in. <laughs> I, 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 I'm kind of along the same path. Now, obviously, you're, you're referring to the fact that they're not allowed to play or practice in their current stadium due to COVID, correct? Correct, yes. I'm kind of on the same path links. I'm going to give them a new groundskeeper to improve that field so that everyone doesn't get hurt like the last two years. There you go. Now, let me also expound on that. I'm giving them a home stadium to play in, which means COVID has become under control and is not an issue because – God knows that's what we need. Um, let's hope the vaccines start helping us with that. Anyway, there you go. Gifts for all 32 teams. No coal, really. Um, as much as I'd like to give the Cowboys some coal, and my wife would like me to give the Steelers some coal. Um, I'll tell you what. I got one more gift that I'm going to give. Actually, I'll give two. Okay. One is to a listener that we have. He usually sends me direct messages on Twitter asking for some advice on who he should start. He's got a pretty strong team. He's in the finals. He asked me which one of a few people to start, and I wound up going with Chase Claypool. Some of the options were Jarvis Landry, um, a couple other guys that they didn't do anything. Well, he's basically dead heat right now with another guy for the title. He has Chase, and that guy has James Conner, so my gift is going to be that Claypool outscores Conner for him. My other gift is for Harley, for you and your wife to have a fantastic rest of the year and a great 2021, and let's put 2020 behind us. Thank you so much, Steve. I think that we can pretty much uh, secure that victory for our listener uh, on that call because James Conner was ruled out for tonight's game prior to the game. See, I did not look at that prior to us getting on and prepping me prepping for the show. So, yes. Unless Chase Claypool manages a negative performance. Which I, I don't say, think is going to happen. <laughs> I was just going to say, shh, no, no fumbles. You know, that, that would like be a that. that would be a Krampus Claus gift, not a Santa Claus gift. <laughs> no, no end around, double end arounds where Chase throws an interception or something like that. You know what I mean? Exactly. So okay, well, yeah, I did not. I missed that Connor was ruled out because, of course, like I said, we were recording as the game's on, and I started well, getting ready for it. I, I hope you took Connor out of your DFS lineups for tonight, then. I didn't have Connor in my DFS lineups for tonight, did I? Okay, I hope not. <laughs> no, 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 no. He wasn't part of any of my lineups for tonight. But let's see, will he be in your lineup for next week? No. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get to that, of course, we're going to do our DFS segment. Harley is going to set the over-under on our matches. The line this week is five. Five, one, two, three. I think that's a tough number. Five is a tough number. But I think we could sweep one of the positions. I'm going to go over. Okay. So, I'll start us off with a match real quick. Are you ready? I'm ready. At the quarterback spot, 
at home after having put up pretty much the most crazy numbers over a six-week period prior to this past week. I don't see how you don't take Patrick Mahomes against that Atlanta Falcons defense. Yeah, Atlanta has allowed the second most passing yards, the third most total touchdowns, and the sixth most passing touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks. Pat Mahomes has just entered the chat. He's going to have a huge game this week. Uh, and you take out the fact that both Clyde Edwards-Alaire is out, out for this coming week, and Le'Veon Bell uh, will probably play but be a little bit gimpy because he, too, suffered a small injury near the end of the game. Uh, it, Mahomes is going to just destroy Atlanta's secondary. <laughs> yes, I agree. So that's our first match. Who are you staying away from? I think we'll agree here, too. I'm going to stay away from Lamar Jackson. Uh, James Bradbury is going to return for this game. Uh, I think he's going to shut down Baltimore's only wide receiver. And, you know, only four teams have allowed fewer quarterback rushing yards than the Giants. Uh, And this comes despite the fact that Giants have actually faced a, a few decent running quarterbacks, guys like Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson. They faced Carson Wentz twice. Uh, none of the running quarterbacks to face them have done much of anything on the ground. Now, obviously, Lamar Jackson is an elite step up from both of those guys, or all three of those guys. But again, I don't see a huge game from him here. So I, we don't match there. I went with a, I went a different direction. Um, I don't disagree with that at all. Problem is, with a guy like Jackson, no matter how bad and how hard it is, God, he could be bailed out by one run. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, no, the guy I'm staying away from is facing a team that's given up fewer fantasy points to the quarterback position than any other team, and that's Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, yep. I, I thought about that. Um, I really did. I, I considered them. For me, ultimately, it, I, I think the Rams are going to be really pissed coming into this game after losing to the Jets. Yes. And... When you're pissed, I think it helps your offensive skill set players and it helps your extreme player. It's going to help Aaron Donald. But I think when you're when you're talking about guys like Jalen Ramsey and defensive backs, when those guys get pissed, they tend to get like oversurged up. And when you get oversurged up in the secondary, that's when you bumble things. And that's that's when people get past you. That's when a coverage breaks down. That's when you start fighting with your own teammates. So, hey, bumble is a good word for this time of year. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have a problem with that. And maybe I'm jaded by just remembering things incorrectly. But it also seems like the the Rams and the Seahawks tend to play or they have over the years play lower scoring contests. Exactly. So. I think that, and it's hard for us to match on value plays. I think we might match on our value play this week. Well, it was really tough for me this week. I, I just didn't see a ton of good values that I really liked. I mean, I, I looked at some of the the higher priced guys. Well, it's like, I mean, do I think that a guy like Jared Goff is cheap enough that he'd be a value play? Do I think that Trubisky would be cheap enough to be a value play? And I'm like. They really aren't. I mean, seventy two hundred on FanDuel. That's that's too much to pay to be a value. So I went way down there. I, I'm going to go with Drew Locke at at the Chargers. So we are paying the same price for our value play. Interesting. And the Chargers do rank in the top twelve in points allowed to fantasy quarterbacks. So it's not a horrible matchup. They're eleventh. However, I went to a quarterback who's playing for a job. 
And he can cement, I think, his job where he is with another win. But even if he doesn't, I think his job cemented because of a win last week. And that is Sam Darnold playing against a Browns team that is fifth in points allowed to quarterbacks. And I do think that the Browns, the game will be shorter because of the running game. But I do think that the Browns will be able to run up the score enough that we see Darnold and whatever gets run out at wide receiver for him run up some garbage time points. Well, didn't the Browns just get back one of their uh, one of their defensive they, they, they uh, defense Den- backs? They got Denzel Ward back, but I still and that's you, why yeah. I didn't say in general. I, I really think it's more garbage time that that we see them recoup. So it might be some late third, fourth quarter stuff. But I absolutely agree with what you're saying. Uh, for me, I saw, I was looking. I'm like not seeing a ton of values. I really like Locke has been right around two fifty and two most games this year. He had a down week last week, but it wasn't that. The Broncos were down. They just gave the ball to Mr. Melvin Gordon a bunch of times. He scored a couple touchdowns. But in, in two career games versus the Chargers, Locke has actually thrown five touchdowns, Ray. So. Yeah, there you go. And by the way, the over is in trouble because I thought we were minimally matching on two there. Thought there was an outside chance of a sweep. Coming away okay. with one, bad news. But Dar- think- Darnold would have been my second choice at quarterback for cheap there. Okay, so I get a quarter point. Um, <laughs> that's if we push. Okay, go ahead. Who are, we, who are we paying up for at running back? I think we'll get a match here. I'm going to pay up for David Montgomery at Jacksonville. Ding, ding. Over the last four weeks, Jacksonville is allowing an average of over 200 total yards per game to opposing running backs. That's not over one game or two games. That's over a four-game stretch. Over that exact same four-game stretch, David Montgomery trails only Derrick Henry in total yards among running backs while tying Derrick Henry for the most total running back touchdowns during that stretch. Yes. um, Mr. You're getting Derrick Henry for just a a couple thousand less than Derrick Henry. Yeah, basically you are. Um, And yes, we, we match. I thought that was a really easy one. Look, I didn't, I didn't rule Nick Chubb out instantly, but when it's only a hundred hour difference in the, in the matchups that strong and Nick Chubb does share with Kareem Hunt, yeah, exactly. It's David Montgomery all day, every day, and twice on Tuesday. I think we will match. And on- shame, shame, shame on everyone, on everyone <laughs> who gave up on David Montgomery earlier this year because he is going to win several yep. championships in fantasy with this last four weeks and this coming week. Yep. Okay. So I think we'll match on our stay away also. Who are you staying away from? Well, I, I could have taken the easy route and said Christian McCaffrey, who's yeah, way overpriced. I avoided that also. I, I, I did that too. Um, I also considered Austin Eckler, who for some weird, god-awful, Anthony Lynn-laden reason is not getting goal line work. But I went one position lower. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor at Pittsburgh. We have a match. Uh, coming into tonight's game, no team had allowed fewer total running back scores. Uh, only two teams have allowed fewer total yards to the position than Pittsburgh. I uh, haven't been paying super close attention, but this is uh, a Gio Bernard and Travion Williams-led Bengals team. I don't think we're going to see a ton of rushing yardage in this game. <laughs> nope, we we are 100% in agreement there. I know Pittsburgh's given some big games up at times to some people, but in general I would not want to bank on that this week. Okay. Now, if we match on the value play here, that's going to be a major, major craziness. It is. And here's the thing. I have two guys. Actually, I had three guys. The first one I quickly crossed off. I'm not even going to tell you his name. Then I have the second guy, and I was like, well, his price is really too good for you know the amount of touches he gets and how often he can get 
some, you know, touchdown runs. And then I said, oh, but you know what? Injuries make this guy just too palatable here. I don't know how Daryl Williams isn't in your lineup. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I had my players down to two guys, too. And the, those two guys were Le'Veon Bell and Daryl Williams. <laughs> okay. So which, whichever one starts, uh, if Le'Veon Bell plays, uh, his price is actually cheap enough that I'm going to probably play him. But I don't have any issue at all with starting Daryl Williams, who would be my other choice. If, if Bell looks like he's going to be limited by his injury, uh, Williams was already the third down back for most of the season for Kansas City, even before they got Bell. Yep. Uh, he's been used at the goal line by Kansas City all throughout the season. Yep. And that price is just so ridiculously low. And this is Atlanta. Atlanta's bad against the pass. They're bad against the run, too. Yep. So I don't know how you match that. I, I don't know if it's a half match. I think that's a, that's a match because, okay. again, I, I, I would basically say either of those two guys. Right. Okay. Um, the other guy I considered for what it's worth was Gus Edwards. Uh, interesting. I did think about Edwards. I also thought about uh, Ito Smith going against Kansas City. Kansas City has actually been pretty bad at stopping the run in the last uh, month or so. Yeah. Okay. So we got that. So we we'll, we'll call that a sweep there. How's that? That's four. Woo! Four and a quarter because of Darnold. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to match on our payup at wide receiver also. Well, I'm going to go ahead and stack my payup quarterback and wide receiver against the Falcons defense as along the second most wide receiver receiving yards, the third most wide receiver receptions, and the second most wide receiver rushing yards. Ding. Oh yeah. Ding, ding. Mr. Tyree Kill, he leads all wide receivers in total yards and in total touchdowns, thanks to a couple of running ones. Uh, this this is just such a sweet matchup for him. <laughs> it is, and I didn't hesitate writing him down. And then, for my stay away, I looked at two people. I almost went with the second highest priced guy on the board, Calvin Ridley. Um, don't think it's a great matchup for him, but I went somewhere else. I don't know if we're going to match. I think we got a chance at it. You might have too much of a man crush on DK Metcalf to make him your stay away, but I'm stacking my stay aways with Russ and DK. Uh, we have a match there as well. I'm staying away from DK Metcalf versus the Rams. Uh, in three career games versus the Rams, he's posted a total line of 10 catches, 150 yards, and one touchdown. Normally when we see those numbers, that's one game for DK Metcalf. No, that's his three-game total against the Rams over his career. The Rams have allowed the fewest wide receiver yards and the fewest wide receiver touchdowns this season. It, it's just not a great matchup for him. I mean, he, he'll probably still catch three passes. He might get 70 yards. I don't like the chances for a touchdown. I think any damage that CL is going to do is probably going to be on the ground. I think that's fair. Um, at my value play, I think that I honestly think we have a good shot at matching with the value play again this week. Um, Interesting. I had one guy written down, and it's more like I just think he's going to have a good game than I can guarantee he's going to have a good game. So I'll just say I like him, but he's not my pick. And then maybe you have to tell me that I'm missing something on my on my actual value play. Um, but Jalen Rieger was the guy I wrote down that I considered. Interesting. It, it just feels it feels like that big game is coming. I'm talking. Okay. Seven for 120 with two touchdowns, and one of them coming off like a 50, 60 yard bomb type thing. I just, it feels that way, but that, I can't say that that's who I want to go with as my value play. 
Instead, okay. you, you need to tell me what is wrong with Nicole, Nicole Hardman being $3,100? <laughs> it's a great deal. <laughs> so the only thing that, that almost kept me from saying him and using Rieger instead is the fact that I'm using Hill as my payup. Um, Hardman only had, I think, three catches this past weekend, and maybe people saw Sammy Watkins flashing all over the place, right? <clears throat> His number flashing, not him catching stuff. Yeah. Hardman had nine targets this past week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's who, I'm pay- who, he's who my value play is. That price, there's no going wrong there. I considered him, I considered K.J. Hamler against the Chargers stacked with my Drew Locke value pick. Yep. Uh, but it's interesting that you chose to uh, go with Jalen Rieger uh, earlier in your conversation there because you would think that Jalen Hurts would like to throw the ball to a guy named Jalen Rieger. But apparently, Jalen Hurts likes to throw the ball to a guy named Greg Ward. Yeah. Three of the five touchdown passes that he's thrown this year have gone to Ward. Plus, no team has allowed more wide receiver touchdowns than Dallas. So Ward might only catch two or three passes. He might only be like 30 or 40 yards. But he's got a pretty good chance to score a touchdown this week. Yeah, that's I, fair. I looked at him. I just He didn't excite me. I think Rieger's got There's nothing exciting about Greg Ward. <laughs> yeah, I just think that Rieger's got that potential to really go to pop. And if it's going to happen... Dallas. I'd like it if it was in Philly more than in Dallas, but again, not really having too many fans. I don't think it Im- impacts that too much. So, okay. Well, we're at six matches so far. Now we're going to run on over to the tight end position. I believe by default we have to match on our pay up, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, no, it's it's pretty obvious. I think we're both going with Mr. Travis Kelsey. Oh, you're not paying up for Tyler Eifert? <laughs> uh, Atlanta has allowed the second most tight end receptions, the fifth most tight end touchdowns, the seventh most tight end receiving yards. Uh, Kelsey, for his behalf, has scored 80 as top 80 yards and or scored in every game but two this year. Uh, this, I mean, it, it's going to take some serious contrarian thought to not use Travis Kelsey. I, I mean, and again, I hate the, I mean, I love correlation in DFS. It's sometimes hard to put together a, just a huge stack like this. I mean, we're talking Voltron stack level, where you're going to use your quarterback, you're going to use potentially the running back, you're going to use their top receiver and the top tight end. But they're all going to eat this week. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, too, Kelsey would be the number two wide receiver and the number two at both sites. He'd be tied with um, Calvin Ridley on DraftKings and above him, I believe, on Fandle at 8,800. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And, well, it's crazy, but he's also the number two overall receiver in all of football this year. Yes, he is. Um, <laughs> yes, we're watching a Hall of Fame career unfold in front of us. I don't think he gets the credit due. Um, I know that Gronk got all the fanfare you know, early in his career. Gronk couldn't stay on the field, couldn't stay healthy, um, even though I think Gronk still, is a, still makes the Hall of Fame. Kelsey, when it's all said and done, is going to dwarf, dwarf Gronk's numbers. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at, again, Hall of Fame immediacy there. When you look at guys who have had hugely successful careers at the tight end position, uh, Antonio Gates is your um, Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, uh, Kelsey is certainly in the pantheon with guys like that. If not, he might finish his, finish his career up above all of those players in terms of total stats. Absolutely. 
I think that the stay away is a pretty easy call. Um, let's see. Let me see what you got. You know, I actually had a hard time with this. I looked at all of the higher price guys, and I actually kind of liked all their matchups. I mean, uh, Mark Andrews, knowing for a fact that James Bradbury is going to be shadowing Marquise Brown and taking him out of the game. Uh, Andrews got some appeal to me. I don't like the price a whole lot, but he, I'm not staying away from him. Uh, Logan Thomas is facing a Carolina team that's middle of the pack against the tight end position. He's looked really good lately. Noah Font is facing a Chargers team that's actually given up a ton of tight end touchdowns. Uh, Hunter Henry going back to Denver. Not, not not as good as Font in terms of uh, their defense allowed against the tight end position, but not horrible. So I settled on Eric Ebron, which was the sixth highest priced player on DraftKings as my stay away. So we don't match. Um... I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, Andrews does not have a horrible matchup. And it, it look, we could see it's the Giants are a bad team. We could see the Ravens really run the score up. I just have a feeling it's going to be a slightly lower scoring game. And because of his price tag, I'm staying away from him. So maybe that's a cop-out, but I am staying away from Andrews. Yep. Uh, so with Ebron, uh, I looked at the numbers. New England is the only team to allow fewer tight end scores this year. Uh, one thing that he has working in his favor is this is technically a revenge game. Uh, but he's coming off a game against Buffalo uh, two weeks ago where he saw a season-low 38 snaps because the team is just using all these four- and five-wide receiver sets. Now, we don't have the numbers, obviously, from tonight's game yet, but I'm going to need to see more than 38 snaps out of Eric Ebron before making him my, the sixth-highest price player at a position this week. So to add a little to humanize the podcast a little bit, believe it or not, my wife, before I came up to start recording, I said, who are you texting with? She goes, oh, that was Anna. My wife's name's Anna. That was Anna, who she works with. She said she was texting me, asking me to, to say a little prayer that Eric Ebron, Ebron gets four points for her tonight so that she comes in second place in her um, fantasy league. I don't know how they do that. She's praying for second place, but, you know, whatever. Well, hey, in this game here, you probably could get that because Cincinnati is pretty bad against tight ends. Yep. And right now, as we talk, Cincinnati is winning 3 to nothing um, against those vaunted Steelers. So who are you taking as your value play at tight end? Well, there's a lot of guys I considered. I, I thought about going back to the wall with Cole Komet once again this week, yep. who was a pretty good price. Um, I decided to pay a little bit higher. Oh, I'm going to continue to pick on, I'm going to pick on the Jets for one more week by going with Austin Hooper. The Jets have allowed the most yards and the most touchdowns to opposing tight ends. Over the last four weeks, they're giving up an average of seven catches, 92 yards, and one and a half touchdowns per game to the position. Austin Hooper returned from injury and posted the second most targets and the second most receptions for Cleveland this past weekend. He also scored for the second time in the last three games he's played. Now, obviously, they do split up the tight end work there between him and David Nyoku and uh, Harrison Bryant. But I, I think that Hooper showed this past week that he is going to be a part of that passing offense. And if, if he can get as wide open as he did last week on that touchdown catch, uh, you know he's going to happen to have that happen again against the Jets this week. So we match, and I'm glad we match. Um, believe it or not, that's eight. Woo! So wow. You know what I really like about that? In case anybody thinks that we shouldn't have got a match on the Daryl Williams call, we still hit the over. Yes. That is one of our better weeks ever. It really is. Some Christmas magic working in week 16. Exactly. So now you know how, who to 
to build around when you set your lineups. And again, uh, love, love, love the Chiefs this week, obviously. Uh, but don't be afraid to put out a lineup or two where you completely fade the Chiefs just in case something weird happens. Yep. Uh, this past, not this Thursday, but the previous Thursday, I should say this past Thursday's game, the individual who won the uh, largest money prize on DraftKings that night played a lineup that had Marcus Mariota as his starting quarterback, despite the fact, and at the captain position in a showdown event, despite the fact that Mariota wasn't the quarterback starting the game. So, again, weird things happen. Be prepared to pivot. Uh, get your lineup set. Lots and lots of Chiefs. Maybe a few Falcons for correlation. Again, don't be afraid to put out one lineup that completely completely devoid of the Chiefs and Falcons, too. All right. So now, in, in parting, I've got to tell you, I can't say I'm disappointed, probably more shocked than anything. I'm not sure how there was no mention of the Ravens and number two in the news. Well, I, I gave Mr. Jackson a bottle of Pepto-Bismol. Okay, okay. <laughs> but what I mean is I really thought for sure you would play off the number two. I just – Yeah. I did. I know you gave him Pepto. I considered it. I considered it. Uh, th- that was actually a lot of fun watching watching Twitter, NFL Twitter that night while that game was going on. <laughs> it was. Um, as a husband of a Browns fan, it was not very fun at the end of the game in my house. Oh, I'm sure it wasn't. Uh, but, uh, again, you got to give a lot of – a lot of credit and a lot of spunk to the Browns for yep. keeping that game competitive against arguably at least one of the top three defenses in football. Told my wife, I said, if anything that that game tells you is that the Browns have matured and that they're for real. So they got their gift of maturity early. It's kind of like going and buy your spouse a truck for Christmas and you just <laughs> give it to them like a week beforehand. There you go. Oh, put a bell on it. Put a bell on it. Let's put a bell on this. Um, so if you have any questions this week, Harley and I, of course, we don't go on any kind of Christmas hiatus. We'll be manning our Twitter, so you can follow him or reach out to him at Nuclear Harley. You can catch me at Steve Gallo NFL. And listen, no coal, all gifts, thehuddle.com. Sign up if you haven't. It's not something that's going to finish after the end of the year. It'll be good through this time next year. Trust me, you won't regret it. It's like getting a little extra gift in your stocking. And then, look, as we go forward, I know it's still things that people have a hard time with, but I know there's a vaccine that's out. If you can take it, take it. And even if you take it, mask up, please. And as always, get this responsible. Cheers. <laughs>